You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. We are beggars. This is true. According to tradition, this was Martin Luther's last statement, found written on a piece of paper after his death. We are beggars. This is true. When I first learned of this, I thought it a rather strange thing to write while on one's deathbed. Here, the great reformer, a herald of the gospel's liberation to a people held captive by the darkness of legalism, dies not with the words of scripture, a prayer, a hymn, even some triumphant expression of the faith on his lips, but by stating, we are beggars. At first, it seemed to me too negative, too feeble a thing for such an impressive person to say. It seemed to almost diminish the significance of a life of faith and the moment of that death. But as time went on and I thought about it, I discerned what I think is the hidden import in Luther's statement. Considering the life he lived, the work God gave him to do, and the faith that he held in Jesus, I think it actually proves a rather fitting statement for Luther's last words to be, we are beggars, this is true. You see, God has a special affection for beggars. Beggars have nothing. They are entirely needy and must depend on the unmerited mercy of others to provide what they need. And so the story unfolded in Scripture, one that Luther knew very well, is one about beggars. Those not looking for some spare change, though, but people like you and me who are so spiritually lacking that we need someone else to have favor on us, to have mercy on us, so that we might not die eternally. So this connects us with the gospel. We have nothing in ourselves that, w- that can make us righteous before God. But God provides the righteousness that we need in his son, Jesus. He brought God's reign near, calling people to participate in what God was doing in the world and to receive what God was giving in his son. And that was the great message of the Reformation, that in Christ, God has revealed to beggars his inexhaustible supply of bread. The gospel lesson appointed for the Feast of All Saints is about beggars. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus says. It's a bit of a twist from what's expected, what his hearers would have expected. Jesus pronounces blessing on people who are described in terms of their lack, their human need, their inability, their emptiness. He doesn't say, blessed are the self-sufficient, the ambitious, the prosperous, the influential. No, Jesus goes to the beggars, those in the most undesirable states of life, bereft of the power or merit to acquire what they need or desire. They are entirely at the mercy of another. 
which turns out, as we come to understand, that that is the best state to occupy. The passage at hand, Matthew 5, is Jesus' first act of public teaching. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. And there's a reason that the Beatitudes, that those come first. These various proclamations of blessing act as a sort of door through which one passes into a life under the Father's care. You see, in the sermon, which stretches way past chapter 5, in the sermon, Jesus radically reorients the prominent piety and dogmas of his day. And he begins by making proclamations on the most unlikely people. He does not choose the strong, the self-sufficient, the influential, but the needy and the powerless, the beggars. Jesus desires that people recognize their neediness, their lack, and to identify themselves as beggars and then look to God to fulfill the deepest longings of their hearts. And it is those people, those beggars, who are given a new status in Christ, the saints of God. Now, these saints are such because they are blessed. But this blessing is far more significant than being happy, as the term was translated in some older versions of the Bible. Being blessed has to do with salvation because they've received it as God has revealed it in Jesus. The blessing, what each person receives, has its substance in the presence of Christ. Each blessing is fulfilled in, through, and by him. So the poor in spirit, they are the ones who recognize they have nothing to offer God. They are spiritually poor. In regard to matters divine and eternal, they truly know their depravity before him, that they can in no way merit a place in his kingdom. But these beggars have something hidden revealed to them, where to find the bread. And in faith, they look to Christ, the bread of life, whose redemption makes them part of God's kingdom now. Being poor in spirit, in turn, produces the state described in the Beatitude, looking to God for salvation and receiving it in just the way he sends it, in Jesus, there's a new understanding formed in the believer, and he enters into a new condition where his longings will be realized in Jesus. There's also the mourning, those who recognize that the world is broken, that sin has ruined everything, and these people experience the gravity of this truth in their lives. They yearn for the world to be fixed, to put back the way it should be. And to them, God promises the final comfort of the last day, when he has promised the restoration of all things. On that day and in that place, there will be no more mourning, only joy, because everything will be the way it should be, the way God intended it to be. The meek, these are those who are powerless, who know they cannot fix the world or even remedy their own situation. They must depend on God ultimately and entirely 
to grant their desires. And in the words of Christ, we are given the promise that he will. The meek will inherit the earth. That is, the perfect, sinless earth renewed by his power on the last day. See, powerless and knowing it, the meek develop a desire for God's righteousness, his justice, something they cannot achieve by themselves. And this gives great insight into much of what happens that we see going on in our modern day. It seems that everyone is concerned with justice, or maybe at least their idea of it, and try through man-made systems to achieve it. But as we observe, the truth about justice is that men who are sinful will never implement it perfectly or justly. We simply cannot and will not put the world to rights. Now, that doesn't mean we don't try, but the meek recognize that the universe is broken and that we are ultimately incapable of repairing it. Only God can fix creation, and he has promised to do it on the last day. Thus, a desire for God's justice is ultimately a desire for the return of Christ when everything will again be right. Now, these four conditions point us to a truth about God's saints. They are all very much beggars. They understand the extent of sin's corruption, not only of themselves, but of the entire world. They desire what God has to give and the restoration that only God can work. And this creates an attitude of humility that welcomes God's activity and promise in just the way it comes. So when Jesus began his public ministry, his first words were, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has drawn near to you. Now those who responded were the ones who found themselves described in the Beatitudes. And that call to repentance is as relevant for us now as it was back then. For repentance is the attitude of humility that recognizes I have nothing to give God, that I am a beggar and can only receive what he gives me. And when that happens, when the Holy Spirit aligns your heart with God's will, you start desiring the things that are pleasing to God. You become eager to receive his grace, his promises, and you become instruments in the world. In Christ, we have been made God's saints. We enter in the same way as those who have gone before us by repentance born of the Spirit who works faith in our hearts. When we consider our sins, we cannot but know how entirely without worthiness we are. And if we can't see that, then the truth is not in us, as St. John says. Now, those people, the ones who deny their sinfulness, their need, their being beggars, those are the ones that Jesus turned away. Or better put, that who, because of their own spiritual arrogance, were turned away from Christ and unwilling to receive his gifts. But the poor in spirit, the mourning, the meek, those desiring God's justice, they are beggars. We are beggars looking for bread. And so they, you, Jesus welcomes with open arms. Indeed, 
Those are the ones who come and those are the ones that he came to seek and save. And to us, the beggars who long for God's bread, our Lord has given us all we need in Jesus. Jesus is the one who makes us saints, quite literally, holy ones. By removing the stain of our sins and making us holy, pure before God. And with those upon whom he pronounces blessing in the gospel passage, God fulfills our longings in him now, while also having pledged to fulfill them finally and completely on the last day. And as his saints, God is presently working restoration and justice through our hands in the world. Redeemed in Christ and given a new identity and a new perspective on the world, we engage in the works God has prepared for us to do. We recognize that there are limits to what we can accomplish because we are still burdened with sin. But we also rejoice that God has made us his saints and uses us to do his work in the world, to bring healing, restoration, and justice to those who have been trampled under the the dispassion of corrupt men in a corrupted creation. But more than these, we carry with us the hope and joy that are in Jesus, that we, as sinful beggars, have a place with the king of the universe because that king chose to become poor like us, share our toil, and then exalt us through faith in him that we might be sinless and satisfied eternally. We are beggars. This is true. But God has shown us where to find the bread. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.